Another exciting day with uh, your buddies, Brad and Britt. Let me give you the uh, famous uh, triple choice here. All right, I'll see what I can do. See if I can make a good choice for everybody. Ready? Uh, Russians hacking and coughing. (laughs) Uh, Brad, you're fired. Or convention sure looks a hell of a lot like Charlotte to me. <laughs> I, can't, that, I, I would go with either two or three. I can flip a coin, but I, Brad, you're fired. Really has drawn my ire. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Well, I, I, what's the oldest cliche you can think of? Uh, rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah, true. Would, would that be what it is? So this guy, who was Trump's campaign manager, who you've never seen unless you watch Fox, and then he's been on you know every hour on the hour. He's a genius, right? Was For the there, last few years. Was there a period of time where he was like constantly wearing an eye patch, or did I just imagine that? Wasn't there a time when he looked like the 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 Oakland Raiders or the no. Las Vegas Raiders logo no, for a bit? No, no, that 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 was that guy on Scooby Doo. Mm. Different That's guy. Was. That's yeah. a different fellow. So his name is Brad Parscale, 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 and uh, he was a hundred percent completely unqualified to be the campaign manager of a major national presidential campaign because apparently he was plucked out of obscurity you know four or five years ago and he ran the digital strategy and because hillary clinton didn't have a digital strategy and they won he became a genius and he also qualified to be trump's campaign manager because as you know 99 percent of people who were ever associated with trump in the first place the last five years have fallen away hate him uh, will privately admit he sucks. And so, the, therefore, the pool of talent, think of how, how it shrunk down for, for people to uh, want to continue to work with and for Trump all these years later. So he was the campaign manager. He was a moron. And as I said, right after the Tulsa debacle, where they only filled up one-third of the arena, Who's going to take the fall for this? It's always got to be somebody else's fault. Somebody has to have the finger pointed at them. Somebody. Somebody's responsible for nobody throwing up to see Donald in Tulsa. That's what it feels like. This feels like just scapegoating for Tulsa. And they couldn't fire somebody immediately afterwards because they would have then had to admit that it was a complete debacle. So they had to wait till they get a little distance between the event and now. And this feels like this guy had to walk the plank for that shit show in Tulsa. Ooh, I'm fooled. <laughs> Are you fooled? You We're all fooled. It's a good diversionary yeah. tactic. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so, and in, in classic Trumpian fashion, because he's done this a lot of times with people who suck, he doesn't want to make it look like he's really fired them, so he moves them into some other position. Guess what? Right, right. back to where he was four years ago. So this actually could be a real-life, real-time Example of the Peter principle in action, which is where you get promoted to your highest level of incompetence. Well, he did. He got promoted past his level of competence into a level of incompetence, and now he's being put back. And that's why Donald Trump is a successful businessman and the best we've ever seen. Thank you. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been heavily sampling the Mary Trump book, the audio version of it, and. Some of the best stuff that I've found in the book so far is when uh, Fred Trump Sr. dies and they go through an entire just a a whole legal battle about who's going to get what. And then the family is just dreadful to that to me is one of the highlights of the entire book. 
you really have to get, I mean, there's, there's great stuff about him getting kicked out of his private school in New York and having to go to military school and all that shit. But to me, the whole, the entire machinations around the way that family was just trying to screw each other. That what is, what's that show on HBO that you like that's supposed to be about the oh, Murdoch? Succession. Yeah, succession. <laughs> You'll get, if you start, it, it, it almost seems like a documentary. Well, <laughs> it's absolutely- you know, it's, it's thought that that show is kind of a, a, a mashup of the Murdochs and the Trumps. Put them together and you get the backstabbing and the, uh, uh, the, you know, behind the scenes, uh, uh, planning to screw other people. Can I just finish up on the Brad Parscale, sure. uh, 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 campaign manager, uh, uh, disaster with, with Trump as if, as if anyone else is going to ever come in there and turn Donald Trump around and sit him down and say, Donald, all you have to do for the next three months is act like a completely rational, normal candidate. Don't go off on tangents. Put down the phone, do everything correctly, and you will glide to victory. Like, that's going to happen. Okay, it's not going to happen. So he hires the guy who uh, does have some campaign experience. He ran Chris Christie's two successful gubernatorial campaigns in New Jersey, Bill Stepien. However, if you remember really, really hard and you're really, really a wonk, you might recall that name because he was heavily, heavily involved in the Bridgegate scandal where right. the George Washington Bridge was was blocked so that Chris Christie could be seen to be punishing a local mayor, I think the mayor of Fort Lee, New Jersey, who wasn't saluting and supporting Chris Christie enough. So we're going to teach him a lesson. We're going to block the traffic. And he was having an affair at the time with that other woman, Bridget Kelly, who was involved, and somehow, someway, Stepien escaped uh, getting convicted or having his reputation sullied enough, and I guess it has to really be pretty bad for Trump not to look at you and go, hey, you're the kind of motherfucker who will do anything to help their candidate come on board. So that's who's replaced the uh, completely unqualified Parscale, the asshole who uh, uh, helped come up with Bridgegate to block the George Washington Bridge. So it's going to be smooth sailing all the way to November, kids. <laughs> Everything's fine. Nothing to yeah, worry about. Everything's fine. We, 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 we have found ourselves a new captain. We got one. We got one. Uh, all right. Uh, Let's go to Jacksonville. Russia. I want to go to Jacksonville. All right. Well, by the way, who doesn't? Who doesn't? All right. So if we turn the clock back, what, uh, two months Two months it already had started that, that Trump was saying, I am not going to give in at any level to what Roy Cooper and the uh, Democrats who control Charlotte are saying about the the uh, the rules that are going to have to be put in place if there's going to be a convention in Charlotte. There's going to have to be social distancing. No question about it. People are going to have to wear masks and uh, you're going to not be able to have a full arena on the night that he gives his uh, acceptance speech. Uh, is it accepted? I guess he is. He's nominated, so mm-hmm. it's, you, you call it that. And Trump was saying, no way, no rules, no nothing. I'm Donald Trump. Bite me. I want a full arena. I want everything to be as it would have been a year ago or two years ago. No rules, nothing. And if you don't give in to me, we're going to take the convention out of Charlotte. And 
So they give in to him in the Republican Party. They cave. They don't tell Donald Trump, which is what they should, but no one ever does. Donald, you're wrong. You're wrong. It doesn't matter where you move this, if any other city will agree to take it. And remember, nobody wanted the Republican convention for almost three years after 2016. They didn't want the 2020 convention. Nobody wanted it. Nobody wanted it. Charlotte stepped up and said, okay, how about us? We've done a convention recently. We know how to do it. And so we were wondering where would they move it? Well, he jammed it down the throat of Jacksonville in Florida. They got a Republican mayor there, and uh, Florida supposedly is a state that Trump thinks he actually might win now. He's losing big in all the polls. He's down by about 10, as if having a convention in a state guarantees you anything at the polls. But see, this is this is old thinking. You know what? You know what I think is also old thinking, Britt? The Friday night news dump. It doesn't exist anymore. It's There's bullshit. No thing. There's no, There's such, no such thing as thing. that. No, because you, you know what? If if you listen closely enough to people who still believe in it, you know what they'll say? Well, they, uh, uh, that started many, many years ago because people knew that if you put out bad news on a Friday night, that uh, no one would see it Saturday because Saturday is the least read day of the week for right. local papers. Right. Fuck, the local papers don't control what the hell people uh, well, are talking about in this country. Well, so I, don't, also, I reject that. I reject well, the Friday night news dump. Thing. How about like the fact that not a lot, a lot of people are watching cable news on saturday morning and when was roger stone commuted when was that sentence commuted once again oh, I'm, 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 not, hey, I'm not saying that the, that the trump people aren't thinking like it's 1987 anymore i'm not saying that they don't believe in it but i believe it's bullshit we have a 24 hour seven day a week news cycle now it never stops and uh, whether it happens on wednesday night or friday night or sunday night it just doesn't matter everything gets regurgitated repeated tweeted pushed around it doesn't matter it's not it, it, I, I think that's just old thinking I think, and by the way, I'm not saying that they don't think it exists. I think they're wrong that it exists. It doesn't exist yeah. anymore. How about they're that? By, but they do buy into it. That's for sure. Oh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if I worked anywhere near Trump, I would just get in a car and start driving away from Washington on a Friday, every Friday morning, because something bad is going to happen to you. Not that that would stop it from happening, but. Exactly. But the, but there you go. The the Friday night news dump. That, that's just, ugh, God, can can we stop saying the same things over and over again because they used to be said? <laughs> that's all we do, isn't it? That's that's all, a, we just repeat shit that's been said forever. Hey, we do need to throw in the best piece of news of the last 24 hours, which is RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. God damn, that woman is unbelievable. <laughs> three days ago, right, three days ago, the, the news alert came on your phone. No, it wasn't on a Friday night, so therefore <laughs> no one heard about it because you can't control that. But whenever it came, everybody saw it that she had gone into the hospital for some kind of infection. And, of course, in the back of everybody's mind was, was this coronavirus. Holy shit, she's 80, 86 or whatever she is, and she could be and they said, no, it was just a, a standard infection, which, you know, in today's world, hey, great, it's just an infection. Uh, with someone who has a compromised immune system, she's had cancer and all kinds of just unbelievable. And you think, oh, shit, no, 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 no. Here it is, not even the end of the week, and she is out. She is yeah. walking. <laughs> she is done. She's she tough. has whipped it. She is t unbelievable. And, and I swear... 
Ruth Bader Ginsburg will outlive Donald Trump. That is well, one of my, so. my, 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 so. uh, my, my great hopes for the future, that she will just she will bury him. How about least, that? Even if it's just by one day. I mean, and I... I sincerely think they ought to swab that woman's cheek and get that DNA because that's something worth replicating right there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not into that whole thing with you replicating, but that, that there's some significant, amazing, strong, resilient DNA in that. She's got something going on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about the Russians hacking and coughing. Oh boy, you know this is this is really you know kind of a kind of a big deal story here. I do think. I mean, this this, this broke. This book broke uh, pretty big uh, late on uh, Thursday morning, and it was everywhere. Uh, we have uh, we have three countries pointing the finger directly uh, at Russia, and they are the uh, United States, and let's see, it's uh, Canada, and uh, I believe the United Kingdom. Three three countries saying that. The Russians are are hacking into the uh, virus research that's being done around the world, hoping to steal it, apparently, and uh, either claim it for their own or or mess things up. I mean, it, look, it it just doesn't get any worse than that. I agree. It it, it it doesn't get any worse than that. And here's my question: the story is 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 a very new one. It's a very new story, and and it's it's developing kind of kind of right now. Um. But when Trump is asked about this, what is he going to say? Is he going to say, um, I haven't heard the story. Uh, I talked to Putin. Putin denied it. So therefore, it's not true. And uh, it's fake news. Um, I mean, well, what is he going to say? I mean, this is a big deal. I mean, you should be hammering Russia right now hard. You should be throwing sanctions at them. And this isn't just the United States. This is other countries, too. Okay. Well, they haven't even addressed the real Russian story, which was putting bounties on U.S. soldiers. They've just I kind forgot. of stated you're, by all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right, you're it's, right. It's one of those. It's just that they haven't, you know, they haven't even shown fake appropriate outrage at that. I mean, that, that, that was just like, I don't even, have they even said that that was fake news? I think that's, I think that was their line on that, wasn't that's it? That part it was of fake it, yeah. news? Yeah. That, because that, there's only, what, three or four boilerplate answers that Trump gives to evade confronting Putin directly on, on, on anything of note. You remember that name, Cozy Bear? That's the uh, Russian hacking group. They were part of the uh, election hacking story. Right. But, uh, they're going after the pharmaceutical research. They're going after the uh, the academics uh, all over the world. Yeah, it's uh, Britain, United States, and Canada. So if Trump plays his cards right, like we know he always does, he'll isolate us, say we don't believe it, and leave Canada and the United Kingdom to, to go after Russia. I mean, th this is what he's done so far on everything. Yeah, right? Very, yeah, it's, it's exactly right. Uh, yeah. But uh, if he's not going to do any, if, you, if he's not going to do anything about, obviously, then putting bounties on U.S. soldiers, he's not going to do yeah. anything about anything else. I mean, yeah. it's kind and, of you know, they, they've already gotten the standard denial 
from the Russians, that guy, Dmitry Peskov. You've seen him a million times. He speaks perfect English. I mean, he is, he is that guy. He's right out of the Manchurian candidate. He's the perfect Russian guy. He says, no, no, we, we do not have information about who may have hacked pharmaceutical companies and research centers in Britain. We don't know. We may say one thing. Russia has nothing to do with those attempts. Well, that's good enough for Donald Trump, probably, right? Move on. Mm-hmm. Next outrage. Can I have a can of Goya beans to worry about? Thank you. Well, the, now the Goya controversy continues to, to be a thing. We alluded to it yesterday, talked about it for quite a bit. And Ivanka Trump posing with that can of Goya beans has drawn a lot of criticism. Oh, she says she has an absolute right to do that. Does it's she? called freedom. It's called the First Amendment. She, that's a, I swear she's claiming that. There's my T-shirt, Because Freedom. So uh, it's not only wearing a mask in public, but apparently buying black, whatever brand of black beans that you're buying, you're also making a, a political point every time you go into Walmart or Meyer or Price Chopper, you know, whoever you, you buy groceries. I'm going to Walmart later this afternoon. I got to go to the store. I got to get bananas and, and and some shit like that. And uh, I I have uh, an attack in my home of uh, ants. I have to buy some of the taro. Okay, yeah, there you go. So anyway, so I'm going to be there. I'm going to look at the bean department. Okay, I'm going to see just how much shelf space they really get there. And uh, we'll put up a picture of it or something. We'll just see. Here's what you do. I want you to do this. I want you to go to the Goya section. I want you to trash it. And then I want you to take a picture of it. And you go, look what the libs did. Look what the hateful uh, libs did to this Goya thing in my in, uh, the, the display in my grocery store. That's what I want you to do. Maybe I can put a little toy mask on a can. <laughs> I want you to, I want you to trash it and break some cans and jars and stuff and step on them and then go, this is what Antifa does right here, boys and girls. And just talk about how the fascist left is going to rule this country if Joe Biden is elected into office. That's what, that, that's what I want you to do this afternoon. You think you can manage that? Mm, I'm trying. I'm trying. I don't think hey. you're on Instagram yet. I need you to get an Instagram account and I want you to do that immediately. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm 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 not on much on tw- I have a Twitter account. I mean, I do have one. Um, but I don't use it very often. When I saw this story on uh, Wednesday afternoon about the uh the hack against uh let's see it's Barack Obama, Joe Biden, yeah. uh, Elon Musk, Bill right. Gates, uh Apple, the the company and maybe a couple more, um, a, a big heavy. It really jumped out at me really, really fast. Why not Trump? Why did they not go after Donald Trump's Twitter account? What is going on it is there? It's curious, isn't it? It and is the, odd the, that's the one. Right. And the first response when I uh, threw this one up was somebody saying, the Russians are already working hard for Don, aren't they? Now, <laughs> that is a, a completely unproven Without any evidence, conspiracy theory. That's what I, but, but, if their goal was to get the widest distribution possible from an individual, I don't know how many people have the, or, or on Apple, Twitter, probably not that many mm-hmm. compared to, I mean, isn't Trump like one of the most read yeah, Twitter posts right now? So if, if that was the goal, then it makes you wonder. But if you're trying to really cause trouble in the United States, you, you you mess with Trump. Now, again, this is just like the question we asked that we know is going to be evaded or never answered before about 
what do you think about the Russians going after information from American and Canadian UK pharmaceutical companies and stealing it and, and Trump will evade it when he is asked and he should be asked about this. Uh, are you concerned? What should be done about the fact that Twitter does not have sufficient security to assure that uh, anyone's Twitter account, and obviously if these other people can have themselves be hacked, not that Twitter was giving any of those folks extra security, and not that Trump necessarily doesn't have extra security, but the fact is if they can get in and fuck around with, with those accounts, then they can get in there and, and fuck around with Trump's. Nothing is, is completely secure, and all they have to do is put out an errant message about the bombing starts in five minutes, or uh, we're about to take out those nuclear reactors in Iran like we promised, or the weekend before the election. Uh, pictures have been discovered uh, that have Joe Biden with uh, five 14-year-old girls, and four of them weren't even that hot. And, you know, just something. That, uh, shouldn't you stop using Twitter Sir, now he's going to say, no, I'm going to continue to use it. Because freedom. Because freedom, of because course. Because freedom. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think, it, again, that's a big story. I'm glad it happened now that we know about it. And I'm, I'm hopeful, if you can be hopeful, that, that, that Twitter is going to take every precaution possible. But that doesn't mean anything. I took every precaution possible. She still got pregnant. <laughs> it didn't matter. <laughs> Who knew? So I mean, that's a pretty big deal. That uh, well, you've been a you've been a watcher of this stock ever since they launched the IPO. I mean, do you, the, the, this fact that they have these these very serious um, security concerns. I mean, this is kind of troubling for the ongoing future of, of whatever Twitter is or is going to be, right? Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it, it matters today, and then people forget about stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm not a Twitter stock guy, but uh, mm-hmm. but it is, is you know how much it's down today? All of one percent, nothing. Yeah, I looked at absolutely it a, nothing. It took a shit on Tuesday, and it's it was down about ten percent about what it is now, but it's rebounded since then. So in I mean, fact, com- compared to the other tech stocks, it's doing better today. <laughs> so yeah. it it again. Nothing matters. Nothing means anything. Uh, on we go. And uh, as, as we head to the apocalypse here, known as the uh, election on November 3rd. Wow. Yeah, it's wow. it's pretty wild. Uh, do you feel so? <laughs> what do you think is the next logical explanation of uh, and the next evolution of this Goya fight in the streets over black beans? Um, I, I don't know, but. Apparently, with apparently within the White House, they they think this is a winner. They think this is a, a cultural war winner. Not everyone. I don't want to say the entire White House or, or 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 every member of the Trump family. Although it does appear that way. I don't know what uh, Tiffany thinks of this, <laughs> but but they, they think that this will allow them or Trump to get out there and say, "See this." is cancel culture, democratic overreach. And you shouldn't like that. You meaning speaking to Hispanic folks who are uh, consumers of Goya products. See, they come for everybody. He thinks this is a winner. So 
they're going to keep going with it. I think they're not. They're definitely not going to drop it. They're not going to give in. And uh, clearly, the CEO is uh, is on board. I mean, he is the. He is the my pillow guy of beans. Okay. <laughs> 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 right. So when when uh, Tucker Carlson comes back from his, uh, it's actually a planned vacation. Even yeah. though I'm 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 getting the shit beaten out of me oh, in no, public this week. Right, drought fishing. When he comes back, maybe he'll have Goya beans advertising along with the MyPillow guy as uh, just about everybody else it's has Goya flopped beans. off the side. It's MyPillow.com. It's Ted Nugent brand beef jerky. Question, <laughs> wait a minute. And by, by the time he gets back from vacation, the MyPillow guy will have, through uh, great research and, and, and laboratory excellence, have developed a fart-proof, Goya bean-proof, Pillow. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you don't you and want the slogan to sit on it okay that's the slogan yeah, hey yeah. sit on it yeah don't you want the my pillow guy to go down hard don't you want to be like he was the official pillow supplier to jeffrey epstein's island or something like that don't, don't you want that to happen oh it'll happen it'll 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 come it'll it'll, it'll be over each you know he's obviously he's obviously overspending on his ad budget right now we know we know that and you know there is a point of saturation where you know everybody has a pillow that wants one okay you, you it, it, it's uh it's not a very perishable you need to replace it it's not like the uh gillette razor blade theory or the uh apple you need to get a new phone every 18 months you know you you get a pillow, you keep him for a long time. So That's right. I, I, I can't believe that this, I, I mean, I guess he's making other shit now. He's, he's expanded the, uh, expanded the repertoire. I mean, he's obviously not a, a, a terrible businessman. He knows what he's doing. I'm not questioning that, but he's an No, idiot. no, he's a horrible person. I think that's yeah. what we're going with. He may, he may make a quality. Yeah, let's stick with that. Yeah, he's a piece of garbage. Right. Uh, This is a new one that's just breaking news. The Supreme Court declined today to weigh on a federal appeals court's decision that blocked some Florida felons' eligibility to participate in elections. Brad, this is more of the GOP strategy of suppressing the vote, which is really their best chance of victory in November, don't you think? Yeah, well, that's one of the things they're leaning on. There's no doubt about it. So uh, go go through that again because you you have these double double negatives there. It's kind of hard to well, understand. Basically, they're they're not going to help out these felons who were trying to have the right to vote. It's a major blow in efforts to restore voting rights to as many as 1.4 million people in the state of Florida. So the Supreme Court has declined to weigh in on that. It looks like the lower court's ruling is going to stand, and those guys will not be able to vote uh, coming up this fall. Right. So a a law in Florida that was, I believe, voted on by referendum. The people voted for this, for felons to be able to regain their right to vote after they've served their time in Florida because it was the worst state for this in the country if my memory serves me right on this. Am I right? I think you're right about it. Yeah. 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 And so what is the Republican response to when the majority of the people want something? It's to do the opposite anyway. Fuck you. I believe that. (laughs) Right. Because these are the law and order people, the Republicans. Remember, they're the law and order people. Wow. Wow. So that's that's how Trump thinks he's going to win Florida. Good luck. Well, it's it's a, it's 1.4 million votes, and that could certainly swing us. 
state. I mean, that that would be more than enough to swing a state if you didn't get those people well, to vote. Counting so. every vote, it, 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 it's never quite that simple. I don't think oh. that Biden was thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to win at this time because I'm going to have the felon vote. Okay. Well, no, the felon vote clearly would be Trump's because he's there's so many felons that are coming out of his White House that have been associated with him. I mean, they were so they they clearly would be in favor of Donald John Trump. That would be their that would be their candidate. Right. right. We've seen some more movement in the past 24 hours in the Dr. Fauci story. He is now saying that it is very unfortunate the White House is attacking him and they should not be doing that. The White House clearly after being so appalled that Peter Navarro published that op-ed piece in the U.S. Oh, they were they were just they were just beside themselves. They were just he's running his own plays. He's going into business for himself using the wrestling analogy, and now they're they're appalled by. It. But they continue the to lob missiles at Dr. Fauci, and it does seem that we are in some sort of a Mexican goya bean standoff, if you will. Where they can't fire the guy, the guy's not going to leave, and and these two parties are just going to have to try to live with each other, I suppose. Well, see, I, I, this is a one direction battle. This is a one direction battle, and the White House and Trump are losing it. They've lost public opinion. It's not coming back. Donald Trump is not going to make up thirty points <laughs> in in credibility scores against uh dr fauci and by the way uh even if he does it won't help him win the election but he's not you're not gonna he is not a political appointee you didn't give him his job you can't fire him now if trump wants to go so far as to try to include dr fauci in that broad sweep of bullshit that he used to include in his speeches about the Veterans Administration. Remember this one? It was something to the effect of, you know, until I came along, you couldn't fire anybody from the VA. They would be there forever, and they would be bad, and you couldn't fire until I came along, and now we're getting rid of all those kind of... If he thinks that he can fire a civil servant like Fauci or or push him aside or silence him the way he might be able to uh, have a third-level VA employee who maybe isn't working as hard as they should have. Uh, if he thinks he's going to get away with that, he just couldn't be more wrong. And you pay as close attention to this as anybody. Fauci is getting the word out. He makes appearances every day. I believe they call that the Streisand effect. Are you, are you familiar with this? What is this? The Streisand effect. Are you familiar no. with the, the, the concept? Uh, no. Barbara Streisand was trying to get the National Enquirer banned from publishing photos of some sort of ocean estate that she had back in the 80s, and it no. only caused more and more people to find out about it. So that's that's what they call the Streisand effect. When you try to block something, it turns out more people are aware of it and seek it out and so on and so forth. I don't know. I, I, I think the use of the phrase Streisand effect is right up there with Friday night news dump. It, it <laughs> have had its moment. But I think, again, I'm as guilty of this as you are. Uh, we need to update our references here. Isn't, isn't there a Nick Cannon 
effect or something like that? Isn't there something contemporary that we can we can go well, with? I think, no, I think the Streisand effect is, is something okay. that's even being used by t- today's young people. Well, until she's uh, dead, right? When she's dead, you you got to get rid of it. <laughs> well, and, and, and she, you know, she, she may have the same kind of DNA and she may have the kind of resilience that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has. You never know. She might live to be 150 as well. Mm-hmm. Over 60% of voters say they trust Dr. Fauci but do not trust President Trump when it comes to information on the coronavirus as Fauci and the administration officials increase but heads over the seriousness of the pandemic. This is according to a new Quinnipiac University poll released. 67% of registered voters do not trust information Trump provides on the coronavirus, while 30% do. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, that's the story. It isn't that a huge majority don't trust him and trust Dr. Fauci. It's that there is that 30%. Right. Actually, which part of Trump's depiction of the coronavirus excites you the most is it the uh, uh hexachlorophene whatever the hell that shit was hydroxychloroquine was it, yeah was it was it uh bleach uh okay. was it it'll uh, it'll go away in a few days and go poof uh, <laughs> uh there, there are only 15 people that have it right now and and we've got it taken care of poof uh, was it uh, everyone in the country who wants a test can get a test four months ago? Poof. Wh- wh- which part? Uh, well, what about when Fauci said you shouldn't have to wear a mask? Oh, fuck off with that. That was five months ago when when half of the medical establishment wasn't sure about it, and there was a shortage of masks, and he didn't want to see a run on masks all over the country. So shut the fuck up with that one. That's right up there with, I stopped the flights from China. Nobody's giving me credit. Fauci was against it. It's the same shit. And you know what? He can hire Bill, St- he he can he can drag up James Baker. He can bring up James Carville. He can convince every great Democratic uh, uh, campaign manager, bring him back from the grave, and you could not save Donald Trump from himself. It's not possible. Sixty-five uh, percent of the people in the same survey said they trust Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease expert, while twenty-six percent distrust the information he provides, which is kind of scary as well. That there would be. 26% of America, or at least as represented in this poll, who think that he's not giving them the straight dope on what's going on. Uh, 26%. That, that That's starting to get down to the, just the, the, the hardest of the hardcore morons who you know believe this is uh, George Soros and Bill Gates' attempt to get rich. <laughs> Which, by the way, ask them. They know they're rich enough. Yeah, they're good. Uh, they're they're not looking to profit. Uh, you know, who who believe it's all a big lie. Everything's a lie. It's a hoax. Uh, you, you know, I, I I went out last week and I didn't get it. Kind of thinking that's just so so crazy. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, if you took a referendum on gravity. I think you'd get 25 or 30 percent of people who don't believe in it, okay? Because they've never seen it. <laughs> you, you can't stop it, so they don't believe in it, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I've, this is when it's written going to be the great question. Assuming here that Trump does not win re-election and we're all not made to look like complete idiots for for being the way we've been the last four years, and he is the genius. I don't think that's going to happen. Assuming that does not happen, you know, we can point to to ten things just in the last month that 
are 100% self-defeating, that don't make any sense from embracing the Confederate flag to uh, thinking that Americans in significant numbers would support using uh, heavy domestic military force in our cities to to, to squash uh, uh, dissent, um, that white people are getting shot more than black people by the cops. We need to worry about that. Why don't we investigate? Just every day there's a torrent of craziness, and we're going to look back and wonder what was the pathology there. It very well may be in Mary Trump's book. Mm-hmm. It's right there. He he really does not have the kind of grip on reality because he tries to bend the world in his favor. And right. the world at a certain point will not bend. And this virus is probably the most impossible thing to spin, bend, or uh, push your direction that there could ever possibly be it the the, the the fake numbers you know they're they're going back after the uh, the number of people who are infected the number of people who are dying they're, they're all fake numbers so send them to us hospitals don't send them to the cdc because they must be part of the deep state that wants to stop me from getting reelected. So send all your information in a self-addressed stamped envelope to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and we'll decide what kind of information gets out to the American public. You know what they're doing? They're doing the the uh, same thing because it was a test case. It was a, a a dry run down in Florida when they sidelined that woman who was gathering all the information about what was going on in Florida three, four months ago, which, gee, boy, she turned out to be wrong. What did she know? <laughs> Florida's perfect now. So they, they got rid of her. Uh, they dumped her from the, the government position that she was in, and she does it now um, privately, and the information still gets out, but not in the same way. And here's the Trump administration trying to, completely spin and lie uh and you can't spin and lie death it's just there now death and tax is the only thing the two things that you can't avoid trump so far has been able to avoid taxes one day he will not be able to avoid death he's one for two so that's not a bad percentage there if you're a baseball player but uh um i i i just think that we're, we're going to get a better perspective when he's out of office, when everyone feels more free to speak, who is uh, in the room where it happened, as they like to say. Hmm. Sebastian Gorka, who served as the deputy assistant to President Donald Trump in 2017, is expected to be appointed to the National Security Education Board, Brad. Gorka. <laughs> <laughs> a conservative radio program host is a former Fox News contributor. While Gorka was in the Trump administration, he was a staunch defender of many Trump's foreign policy moves. However, in a 2017 letter, Gorka implied that Trump's agenda was being undermined from within. Do you salute Sebastian Gorka on his triumphant return? I, see, I don't even know what that is, though, that, that he's... Knows. It, it's It's not a thing. It's not? I don't think it's a thing. I, I, I swear they just made up something to, to put him back in the news, don't you? The board is comprised of eight federal officials and six yeah. civilians, often with backgrounds and leadership roles at colleges right. or universities. And what do they do? 
I think they just opine. I thought, <laughs> See, it, I'm telling you, it's nothing. It's not, I, I, you know, and maybe the radio gig uh, wasn't working quite as spectacularly as as he hoped. Speaking of radio, let, let, let's finish up. There's a, a piece in uh, Rolling Stone that that just hit, and it accompanies a, a story that uh, NPR NPR says they've uh, taken quite a hit in their their ratings in the last few months since the coronavirus, which, by the way, completely makes sense because, you know, their heaviest listening time is morning drive and afternoon drive, morning edition and all things considered. Nobody's in their car, so fewer people are listening, and there isn't quite as much at-home listening. However, that's not true in a lot of the, uh, the majorest of the major markets. Apparently, people in the biggest cities are listening, and they haven't suffered any kind of erosion. That's one side of the story. Let's look at regular commercial radio like where we were uh, until 2014. And by the way, just so you know, Britt, when we left, radio died. And here's proof. That's correct. It, it, it was, from 2015 on, a year after we left, revenues have been going down every year since. They did not know what they had in National Treasures, Brad Krantz and Britt Whitmire, did they? They? <laughs> they had no idea. They had no clue. Anyway, the piece, the piece in Rolling Stone essentially is about the fact that at this moment, at other times in our fairly recent history, 25, 30, 40 years, when there was a national emergency, a national tragedy, radio shined. It had a way of connecting community by community, city by city, uh, person to person. And you trusted people that you heard locally on your radio. And very often it was uh, actually inadvertently a, a, a ratings boost. People would listen more. They were more interested. That's not happening now. Mm-hmm. It's completely falling away. And uh, um, because radio is not even local in, in major cities anymore, yeah. No. And, uh, uh, and nobody cares. Of course, I don't they, take any, they've, they've, I, lost the, they've lost the drive time, of course, just like NPR. I so. feel very, uh, I mean, I, I know some people would think we, I would take some schadenfreude in this. I, I, I find it very sad that radio, in previous crises, they've stepped up, whether it was 9-11 or whether it was whatever it was. Uh, radio has always kind of stepped up and been there and been good companionship for local markets, and it just it's not a thing now, and that's well, really hard for me to take. Because there is nobody local right. to step There's, up. They yeah. don't exist. Once uh, iHeartRadio and Intercom and uh, Cumulus decided to nationalize local radio, which right. is what they have done, and you know there, there aren't that many people left, then what kind of connection do you have? I feel more of a connection with Chris Cuomo on TV every day mm-hmm. than I do with a local radio guy uh, in, in my city, don't I? Sure. I well, do. A lot, of, a lot of people feel more of a connection with Dr. Fauci than they would with a, a local morning guy or an afternoon yeah. guy in their market, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's very it's very sad. I mean, it, to see how it's it's gone. I'm glad that I was able to experience what I was able to experience when I was able to experience it. And even then, the ship had sailed quite a bit at that point. Well, yeah, but e- even so, uh, uh, pre, if you want to call it pre 2014, uh, is a different era. Then you have the, the maybe 2015 to to the last couple of years, and now, like with a lot of other industries. The coronavirus has accelerated change much more quickly than anyone had 
ever thought. Had the coronavirus not come along, Zoom would be a nice, fast-growing company. It would have been because it was a great idea six months ago. It was a great idea a year ago. But the coronavirus changed everything, and it became a phenomenon. And it's not going to just go away. If if uh, there was a, a cure or a virus tomorrow, do you think that uh, all the companies that have been able to uh, not waste money stick in their executives on airplanes to have some meeting in a boardroom at, uh, outside of O'Hare Airport, you think they're, they're going to waste that money a, a year or two from now? No, they're going to say, you know, the Zoom thing worked just fine. We're going we're gonna to work with that. We're sticking with that, don't you think? Well, that's going to be the great sea change in American business. I mean, as you look at a television show like The Office, that's going to be it's going to look so quaint in about a year or two that people actually went to an area and worked within a few feet of each other. You know, there were 20 or 30 people that worked within a few feet of each other, and that's just that's going to be extremely rare in America now. No. Oh. I don't know. I, I, let's get out of the prediction game. <laughs> whatever is, whatever that, you that's think. That's going to be the sea change. I mean, that, that is going to be the sea change. They're going to be Zooming. They're going to be Skyping. They're going to be doing all of those. They're going to be doing the Citrix well, thing. They're going to be doing all that but, stuff. I mean, obviously, if you have to manufacture something. Let me go counterfactual to... on you on this, though. Okay. When it is possible, again, to feel safe around people, we may treasure that ability a lot more and not take it for granted as we have for the first oh say six million years of mankind i hope Uh, that's true and so uh, things could change i mean going to a baseball game going to a basketball game when we're able to do it and uh i would assume this isn't going to be you know the next 20 years we can't go to a, a sporting when it does happen it's going to be something more special than it ever was in the past. And oh, I, I hope so. Uh, uh, now, now, uh, business travel always did suck. Okay? <laughs> so I don't think anybody's in a, in a hurry to reestablish uh, business travel in the way it was. And business travel is the lifeblood of, of airlines. So if there are three major airlines, you know, there's probably going to be two. I mean, uh, it looks like of, of the – of, of the big three, which I guess would be uh, Southwest, Delta, and uh, American, uh, American's the weakest. They're definitely the weakest and are, are most likely to, to, to go into the toilet again. You know, so who knows? Well, the good news is consolidation always works out really well for the consumer. Yes, I mean, yes it always helps. Right. Prices fall and everyone does better. Yes, I understand that. I get that. Uh, and, and by the way, if uh, – if American went under, that would be the end of Charlotte, okay? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah I guess that would be a bad there thing for go. Charlotte. They probably got 40,000 people who work for American in Charlotte. Well, again, it was bad enough when Brad and Britt left the radio in Charlotte, yeah. and now they're apparently going to lose their hub. Well, they've, they've had time to recover from that. I think they have. <laughs> but but uh, American Airlines uh, going under, symbol AAL, um, we will see. All right. We're done for this week. Uh, who knows what it will be like in three days. Can you – predictions, Britt Whitmire. I can't even look at the Friday night news dump, Brad. I don't even – I can't even predict that. Right, 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 right. All right. See you Monday. Brad and Brit.com.